Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Glad to have with us here uh, via Zoom. It's the president and CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership, James Grunke. James, Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you. It's hard to imagine that two years into a pandemic, we, I would have trouble doing a Zoom call. <laughs> Uh-oh. Was it on my my end or no? Who knows, but we're here now. Okay, happy well, that's New happy New Year. I'm glad you're here. All right, so hey, um, right off the bat, if in a word or a phrase, how would you describe 2021 for your chamber member companies? <laughs> Sorry. You're starting with this, such an easy question. I, I'm, um, I'm t- it's like t-ball for you, right? I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I would I would probably said a few weeks ago relief, but with you know the Omicron going the wrong way, now it's probably caution, caution again. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you feel that? Uh, that would you say that a majority of chamber members were able to make advancements in their businesses throughout 2021? I think that's that's very true. I, you know, it's very rare in the last 2021 that I were talking to businesses that were concerned about their future. You know, now they were concerned about, hey, um, can I find the workers to meet the demand that I have? Yeah. And it's across any industry sector, it's demand, you know, whether it be manufacturing or retail or restaurants, the way, the reason people can't produce is just the lack of workers. And so maybe it's frustration becomes the word now. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. You know, you know uh, it's just so interesting to hear, again, like you say, across sectors, this idea of, I've had the best year ever. I had the best. Yeah, I'm like, how is that possible? Because there were so many exterior forces coming to bear on your companies. But boy, some people have just—they've never stopped. They're running three shifts. The, the you know the orders are piling in, and you didn't think that like the consumer was a, such a generator. But it seems like it's it's not just consumer based products. It's it's B two B. It's services. Talk about that. It, it, it's everything. Um, and I and I hope that actually is true for even your business, um, that, um, you know, we were so all paranoid in 2020. We didn't really know it was going to happen. 2020, um, you know, all businesses want predictability, right? It's hard to make any plans without some predictability. And so by the, by the time 2021 was around, we all knew how to kind of act. We knew how to wear a mask. We had our personal protection equipment. And now it was back to the business of doing business. And so, you know, I think 2021 probably looked very much like 2019, 2018, right? We we already knew what to do and we were doing it. And so right now we're at a slight hiccup, but, but it looks like, you know, all the predictions are by, by March, April, we should be through this Omicron and really kind of back um, in business. So, um, I just think it shows the testament of the ingenuity of people and businesses. They just figured it out and, yeah. and, and went forward. 
Uh, that that's that's true. Again, if if you're gonna lead this thing, if this is all the marbles for you as as an owner or CEO, you're, you're gonna figure it out. That's that's excellent. Um, all right. So, what do you think are the top three concerns of your members as we begin 2022? Because I really want to kind of frame this of, uh, and you mentioned workforce. Would that be number one? It, it is number one. It okay. it is going to be, and, and we should probably spend a little time on that one. Um, you know, some of us act like the pandemic is over. It's not, right? We need to move it to a to a endemic. Um, and so certainly the uncertainty of how much longer this lasts and what new variants are out there um, is it, I mean, the numbers that I just saw for Erie County yesterday were staggering, you know, yeah. eight, over 800 new cases. Um, so that, that, and I clearly supply chain issues are, high on any business's mind uh, because they impact all of ours. I can even just say, I I had a leased vehicle that expired in September. It, I got a leased vehicle in December. That's how hard it was just to find a car. Um, wow. And that sounds like a real first world problem. And But I, what I mean is not about mine. It's just how difficult it is across that. And that's because of access to chips. Well, let me let me ask you real quick, a real real quick rabbit trail. Did did they offer to sell you that lease car, or did they want to gobble it back into the system? Oh, they wanted it back. Uh, I was gonna, uh, okay. <laughs> in fact, I sold it back to them, and uh, wow, uh, it it was. A, but there's just so much demand, and yes. I, I guess we're a consumer economy. And it's our economy is based on people buying stuff. We have people have more capital than they've ever had right now. Um, and so everybody wants to buy. You just can't find the stuff you want to buy. Yeah. What would be a third uh, concern of your members right now? You said so workforce, workforce, supply the, chain. You know, in the, the end of the pandemic. But let's say let's say let's not health related. Um there's no time that access to capital isn't um, okay. an issue for businesses. How am I getting, you know, the loans to, to, to make, uh, you know, equipment purchases and the necessary investments? All right. Let's go back to workforce here. And, uh, okay, let's, let's think this through a couple different ways. First off, uh, do you feel like the overall population decline on a macro issue for this eerie market – is complicating things workforce wise it is it is certainly contributing you just cannot have a healthy economy if you're not having net in migration right we have to be growing the people that are living here um, whether it be through uh, our own reproductive responsibilities for the future or bringing more people to the community and we have out migration but it's so that makes it even more complicated we have a very low retention rate of our college graduates between the five universities. Less than 30% of the college graduates remain in uh, Erie County. We have really below state and national averages of labor participation rates. And so it's almost um, uh, a perfect storm of variables that have happened. And I think in the pandemic, um, some people have said, Look, I'm just I'm close enough to retirement. I'm not going back to that job. I have uh, you know, we have women were more adversely impacted by the layoffs 
than men. They may choose. It's not even cost effective for me to put my children back into daycare if I could actually find a daycare. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's a really complicated problem, but that doesn't mean we don't need to address it. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I would love to be in on a meeting where we basically put this all on a whiteboard of saying, okay, um, you you can't get child care because of the workforce. So then you then the primary caregiver, which generally is the, the mom in the family, if it's a traditional uh, two-parent family, but if it's even a single-parent family, that even makes it even more uh, difficult. And, and then you have – do you still have, um, uh, you know, stubborn business owners, though? I mean, that say, you know what? My my profit margin only allows me to pay 14 bucks an hour for this line worker. I can't go to 16, and so I'm losing line workers to go to work for Holly Lo- Hobby Lobby for 17 an hour. That's right. All that is happening. All of that's true. Um, I... I toured a daycare facility oh, a couple of months ago in downtown Erie, and they have slots um, by their license for about 190 students, but they have 140 students. And so the reason is they can't get the workers to have the right ratio of certified and licensed childcare per student. So my question to them was not only what is that doing for your revenue, but what happened to these 50 kids, right? They used to be here. Now they're somewhere else or are they at home? So have we taken a worker out of the workforce because even if we had an available childcare slot, we can't fill it because of some state requirements. And not am I trying to say that that's not healthy to have state requirements for education, but it's, 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 it makes it harder. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. And and the 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 thought of of basically these are the jobs that cannot be run by AI or by robots or any. I mean, that seems like I feel like we're getting foreshadowing, James, of what you know five years from now could look like. It could be really problematic. It is, or it might be an avenue for ingenuity with the private sector. It might be um, – I have to make sure I don't get myself in trouble by saying this, but you know, originally health insurance and those benefits, they were put on the private sector as a talent attraction, right? That's why we did it. Um, hey, you come to work for me. I'm going to give you these benefits. It may be that the private sector has to respond to say, for me to get you to work for me, I have to provide child care as part of the incentive package. Now – Am I advocating for that? I don't know that I am one way or the other. I'm just saying maybe that becomes the solution for some, say, very large, several thousand employee company. If they don't have on-site childcare or they're doing some subsidy, they can't get the workers. Yeah, boy. And, but uh, it, and again, you would have to pay that childcare worker like a professional, uh, especially where 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 all that's going, right? With uh, some of the new rules. Right. So, so a college graduate, uh, you know, to, again, not to bog down on child care, but it is mm-hmm. it is part of it. Generally, college graduate coming into early childhood development, they're making 14 or 15 dollars an hour. 
right? They can't even afford to put their own kids in childcare. And so unless we're paying them, you know, $50,000 a year or plus, um, we can't get there. And yeah. you just can't. My, again, my, the company that I talked about, each child is a little over $200 a week. Well, wow. you got two kids, 1600 a month. I'm making 20 bucks an hour. That's 1600 bucks a month. It doesn't make sense. Why work? Yeah. Does anyway. that does that lead to the lower uh, labor participation rate? We think it does. We think it does because um, women are participating below sixty percent in Erie County. We really need it to be around sixty five percent. And and again, the, the nature of work is going to change. I, I just read a study, and you know, any study that you read that you agree with is right, and any study that you don't is suspect but it it essentially said about 50 percent of all the jobs in the nation require you have to be in person right medical provider you know uh well even that telemedicine has been proven that they can be effective but manufacturing and about 50 percent of the jobs um don't require in person and employers are going to have to become more flexible if they're really going to want the the people because they're going to say look i'm not coming to the office more than three days a week and if you say no. I just don't think you're going to be able to retake employ people. That's incredible. Uh, what about this concept that, uh, especially in Erie, um, less men are, or actually no, this is a nationwide statistic. Less men are participating between 18 and 65. It's like 30 percent of men are not in it. And I'm like, well, how are they making ends meet by not being having a regular gig? Yeah, um, you're right. So. While white men have the highest labor participation rate, it's still less than 70 percent, like wow. you just said. And we can look at almost any demographic and tell you what it what what it is. Um, it's all available. You know, veterans have a lower um, labor participation. Women than different races, and and then you do it by age group. And so, um, it part of the, what we're trying to do at the chamber is we're going to put a new workforce development person on our staff to help us kind of understand these issues and try to say, what are the barriers? What is keeping people from going in into the workforce? Because we think, you know, in a normal life, if you're around 3% unemployment, that's really full employment right. because there's always just a natural churn. Um, and if so, our way is not to go unemployment from three to two percent is go from 65 to 70 percent on labor participation rate that's where we get the bodies yeah that seems to be kind of like redirecting the focus from unemployment to participation and full employment and increasing employment let's see if we can get the supply chain in here quick but before the bottom of the hour um the chips the here's here's where it affects uh, the advertising business is uh, the car dealers are really hurting because they don't they're not anywhere near the kind of uh, volume that they had in 2019. Yeah, it, you know, it we're a global economy and there's nothing wrong with a global economy. We have companies here in Erie that have operations all over the world. Right. It's it's a part of doing business. Um, but. We had outsourced most of our chip manufacturing overseas, and, and you could probably argue it's even part of national defense that we have some of that onshore. Um, but there's no time a cost of doing business doesn't matter, right? We all are carrying our devices yeah. that 
they're expensive and so costs matter. And so that's why we're doing that. But we do think in the Build Back Better um, legislation, um, the president had put some incentives to do bring chip manufacturing back into the United States. Um, and we actually have thought about it locally that we have an opportunity perhaps for Erie um, to be highlighted as a chip manufacturing because they take an incredible amount of water. Right. And we have an incredible amount of water um, because of our past history. And so our problem today is not that we don't have the capacity. We don't have a location that we could put a chip manufacturer. We just don't have shovel-ready sites that could meet their needs. Um, so that's an opportunity that we need to think about. Yeah, we're back to the Tina Menjean conversation of getting that million square feet online ready to go for when uh, for that opportunity. What what about like these other uh, uh, these other sectors? I just heard this morning in the news that contractors are having a hard time finding paint and gutters. This is insane. I don't think there's a product out there that's not impacted right now. Right. Um whether it be because they're all on ships that are sitting out off of Long Beach, is it because um, the three people in the chain for making a part don't have access to the raw materials to do that? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, this is the biggest surprise to me, frankly, out of, of the pandemic is just the complete disruption of supply chain. But when we go a half a year or more with nobody making orders, it's not like you could just ramp up again. But yeah, we, the, there is probably a way too many people doing the just in time and canceling orders without even thinking. I hopefully uh, our the smarts uh, in the community and in this business world will will uh, reconsider all that. All right, minute and a half. Let's talk about capital. Um, and again, in Erie, uh, you know, VC kind of stuff uh, is is pretty short supply. Uh, what are the banks feeling like they want to invest these days? Where are we at with uh, access to capital? Well, it's always a, it's always an issue for businesses. There, how do I have the right capital? Whether it be just an operating loan of, line of credit, is it doing? Um, uh, in the past year, did we do our PPP forgiveness? But in Erie, the way that Erie Chamber has really been thinking about it is access to equity capital. How do we have a young tech startup or a young manufacturer that high net worth or venture capital can do it? And so we have a new program we're launching in 2022 called ICE, which stands for Investment Community of Erie. And it's to develop the very first ever angel investment fund in, in Erie to invest in local startups. That's that's amazing, and again, uh, so well needed because uh, because there are folks that need that. Uh, it's it's like having gas in the in the tank. Uh, if you don't have the capital, you can't go. Exactly, exactly. And we think while the debt capital is readily available, equity capital is really where we can concentrate. And and are people willing to kind of give a little slice to the to the Shark Tank, if you will? They are. I, I think our appetite was uh, uh, for it was more robust than we expected. Yeah. James, uh, before we move forward, I do want to talk about uh, access to capital and this idea of an angel fund. And first off, you know, angel funds have been around for decades. 
Why has it been so hard to access capital here in Erie till now? Well, well, first of all, uh, let me digress by one minute and just say how much I appreciate you and your show and giving it an opportunity that we can talk about some of the business issues here, right? You, This is a really valuable service to our community, and I really appreciate what you're doing, and I always appreciate being a part of it. Thank you, Jim. But when we took over the former Erie Innovation District, we rebranded their accelerator from the Secure Erie Accelerator to what we call FIRE, which is Finding Innovative Recruits for Erie. And a couple of years ago, we started a conversation with Brian Slaywin, um, at, uh, and we were talking about this very issue. How are we not getting angels, which are really high net worth individuals, making investments into Erie companies? And we decided part of it, it was just a lack of education on how to do it. And so he had developed a program we were calling DIA, D-I-A, and that stands for Venture Investment Academy. We circulated that around to some people and they said, well, that's great that I get this education, but if I don't have an investment opportunity at the end of it, what good is this for me? Sure. And that's how we created then ICE, which I just mentioned. So it's going to be part education. How do you make equity investments into companies? How do you do diligence? But it's also going to be create a fund. Uh, an Erie-based fund, and we think we're going to develop maybe a three to five million dollar angel fund um, that can help it. Not only Erie startups, we already have 28 companies that are veterans of fire, so they are always investment, and we'll continue to build six to ten of those each and every year. So we have plenty to invest in, but. Um, this got started off by Brett Weiler and Jordan Fuller last year, found a grant through the U.S. Economic Development Administration to create an angel fund. So we'll spend 2022 developing the education, and then we get to go back to the federal government for a match of up to $3 million. So if we can raise $3 million locally, we can raise uh, $3 million fed, and we'll have a $6 million fund to deploy in our community. And it's not because of lack of appetite there was lack of structure in the past as i think is why it just really never happened i mean i i mentioned this to my family you know my uh, primary care physician he's like hey well when it's created let me know i'd be interested in looking at that and you know there is appetite it's just there was never a vehicle and that's something the chamber is actually really good at position to become a vehicle for programs like this. So again, I apologize for the lengthy answer, but you know I make all short answers long. <laughs> I love that. Well, no, and I, and I, I'm glad that you're saying that. And just to just to reconfirm, you're saying that the 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 uh, investment uh, context of Erie is not necessarily more uh, conservative than let's say what you're used to uh, in the upper in the upper west in the mountain west um we're, our 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 investors are just as as aggressive or just as uh um uh, you know willing to take on risk as the next guy or no am i right yes. or wrong on no. that no you're you're spot on they absolutely are and, and there are people who are making investments all over the community that are just doing it quietly or they want to some people want to do it hey i want to invest just because i want to help Erie's future um, and, and some people are like, I want to invest just to make money. And neither one of those are mutually exclusive, right? We need both. Um, and we think 
finding the deals, showcasing the opportunities, educating the investors, and working as a collective. And I've done this before in other communities. It's nothing new, as you said. I mean, th this has been done in hundreds of communities across the country, and there's a lot of capital that we think is on the sidelines here in Erie that we would like to get deployed into Erie's future. That, that I've heard for many, many years is that there's just a lot of money in this community and, uh, and, and it, it, it does make sense that we would just need the proper conduits. One more question about this because, again, I find it interesting, and, and this is something I've been interested in for 20 years, is the, um, this, the, like, the, the, like the portfolio profile, let's say, of the Erie Equity Fund, which is investing in the EDDC, that's a very long-term – I mean, it's going to be a while till those, till those dollars start turning back to those investors. This is much more of a shorter, uh, you know, shorter wins. Is that accurate? That's right. You, you're looking at about a five- to seven-year lifespan from creation till end. And then you, hopefully you create fund number two, fund number three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but – you know, $6 million would probably give us the ability to invest in about 10 to 15 companies over the first three years, and then you're really kind of done. Um, so you're hoping in year five is when you're seeing the first returns um, or follow-on investment. And the other reason that you do it as a as an angel fund is you're trying to protect the early stage investors against the venture fund when they come in. Okay. Okay. Right. When the big dollars come in and they say, "Hey, I want to buy that uh, that that windmill joint, that that windmill uh, concept, and 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 drop the big money." All right. I I, I want to make sure we have enough time. It's twenty until uh, five, and we want to go through Erie forward because I feel like, to me, uh, this goes part and parcel with that broader advanced thinking that you brought to the table here when you came, James, and that is, uh, you know, let's have some actionable uh, steps that we can measure, and the five pillars include the existing industry support and entrepreneurship, and we're going to start with the fire accelerator. We've been talking about that. Uh, I want to talk about entrepreneurs in hospitality. Do you see that your members um, – are they coming back at all? Is, is are things starting to get better for the, for? Because I'm sure you have a lot of members in in tourism and hospitality here at the chamber, don't yeah. you? I mean, you know, we've had good growth uh, in 2021 in of our members. Um, you know, we we're really an interesting organization. We're a membership based organization whose services are free to anybody, <laughs> right? Right. And so we have to make sure that we're protecting our. Um, uh, make sure we're providing value to our members. But if we wanted to sit down with uh, any business to say, you know, what are some of your growth challenges? Uh, you don't have to be a member of ours. We, we want to hear from people though. There's no question that's too small for us. It could be is how do I get a building permit to something really large? I need a hundred million dollars. Right. And, and I think um, that's, we're really underutilized by the business community and the community there. Some people think, oh, you only care about big big business, or no, you only care about small business, or retail. Or we care about everybody. There's nobody that we're not interested to talk to. There's no question that we're not interested in. And it's like, well, 
how would you help me? It's like, I don't know. But if you walk through our door, who knows how many doors we can open for you to get you the solution you want. So, were, you, were you, you know, one of the goals that you were had in, in Erie Forward was this 250 visits annually to different yeah. business types. Has that, is, was that kind of the kibosh was put to that because of the nope. pandemic? No, no, nope. we we exceeded that goal both in 2020 and 2021. Beautiful. Um, and uh, we have a team of two that that's their full-time job is to go out and meet with these companies. Um, and, and again, it's a free service to any business or anybody with an idea. I mean, it could be a back of a napkin idea at your kitchen table. Of course we want to talk to you um, and provide a solution or you're like, Hey, I have a workforce challenge. I just don't really know how to go about it. Well, we do, uh, or we can put you in contact with who it is. So the most important businesses that we're, always going to try to support are those that are already here, right? It's just like a new customer acquisition. It's it's easier to keep your existing customer than it is to go get a new one. So how do we grow what Erie has first? And so that to us is paramount. Um, and I like to say, <laughs> um, I laugh because I like to say a lot, is uh, um, economic development didn't stop during the pandemic. We, right. we have examples all over the county we can show where companies have expanded, where they've started, where they've grown, you know, Two years ago, we didn't have an Amazon fulfillment center here in, in Erie. We do today. You know, we have um, lots of other examples like that. I would think that access to data is one of the biggest things that a uh, that a, a existing industry, existing business would have trouble with. You, I mean, um, metrics and uh, you know, uh, buying power or. Uh, just some of these GIS-based, you know, geography-based kinds of things. What kind of value added do you guys have at the chamber for that kind of stuff? Well, that is – Erie County government in the planning department has the Erie County Data Center, which is probably the mo most robust data center in the country. I mean, it, wow. it is really fabulous. Um, and they have programs that we use all the time um, for us to identify uh, – and a conduit for a business to get access to data through them is through us. Um, and again, say, well, what's the data set you're looking for and why? And it can be really simple. It could be, um, I want to open a retail shop on the corner of, pick a corner, and I want to know how many bald white men age 57 are within a mile of it. <laughs> I can tell you that data. I really can't. That's incredible. Um, and so – there's probably no business equation that through the the county data center we cannot provide to make informed decisions and that's and we're a data driven organization and we want to provide that and again oftentimes people don't think of the chamber as hey help me find new customer acquisition they think we're here to cut ribbons and of course we are cut ribbons we we love celebrating businesses being open but we want we want to be their partner on whatever that means to them Let's go to pillar number two, workforce development and talent attraction. And we kind of clicked off some of the problems that we're having here in Erie, including like low retention of our of our educated, you know, the brain drain, if you will. Do you feel like uh, we're making any uh, um, any headway that way? And and what impact does EC3, the, the community college having on the whole workforce? Is that the game changer that you're hoping so far? 
It is. I mean, I, we, I, as you know, always been a proponent of the creation of the Erie County Community College. And because I just thought it was such a missing element to provide the next necessary training and certi certifications that our employers need. Um, I was, they're going to hire a new workforce uh, liaison person I was just talking with today saying in my past communities, when I was doing a business attraction, the community college was right there with me because somebody has to provide that training um, to meet the company's needs. Um, we're going to hire our own workforce person. Again, not, we're not going to become a training provider or duplicate, but somebody has to be able to speak business and workforce development and put the needs together. And we're good at facilitating. And that's what that person is going to do. Um, and we also have a really interesting tool in this community that, um, for talent attraction is called Workberry. And Workberry is a company that went through the accelerator last year, but they have a way that they can aggregate all the job boards at once. Instead of uh, area employers saying, hey, I'm gonna post this one on Indeed, or this one on Monster, or this one. Well, their solution, you can be on all the job boards at once. And these are really designed for um, hard to fill positions and has been very successful again. So that's a local company providing a, a global solution. So why would we not want to support them? And again, um, all the good things that we do or we're talking about, we just have to do a better job saying this is what's available to you. Yeah. Uh, is it is it concern you? I mean, we do kind of the report from PA CareerLink uh, at least once a week, if not a couple times, and those numbers are still hanging around 2,800 jobs in Erie County, including over 500 at just the two uh, healthcare systems, Highmark and UPMC. Uh, I mean, is I mean, this seems like this isn't budging just yet, anyway. Well, I, but I think part of the problem is employers and, and even people looking for work are stuck in a model that doesn't work anymore, right? So I think most jobs are unfilled for really three reasons. One, I don't know the job exists. Two, I know the jobs exist, but I don't think I have the right skills or training for it, and I don't know how to get it. Um, or three, I mean, there's just reasons some jobs are unfilled. And so we have to do a better job as a community of saying, there's tremendous amount of opportunity. Right? I'm always frustrated when people say there are no good paying jobs in Erie. That is completely untrue. There are lots of good paying jobs. And then how do we match you to them? And if we need additional training through the Erie County Community College or some other training provider, let's match it up. And so an employer says there's no people and employees say there's no jobs. Neither one of those are true. They're not linking. And that's where we think we can operate in that space. And that's where wages and benefits and creating the context that it works for the for both is going to be key. All right, I'm going to keep moving here. Uh, new business attraction and investment. You know, we kind of alluded to that through the accelerator and so on. But uh, uh, you have these one, two, three, four, five, six uh, different high priority areas, which I thought was just brilliant. Any idea uh, on a, on a status for that? Well. You know, we had specific job creation goals when we started this. So this dollar, this, you know, this number came in um, 2018 and 2000 net new jobs over the five years of Erie Ford. We're not, we're not stepping back from those goals. Okay. Um, we, you know, 
one of the ones that we identified is life sciences. Life sciences identified because of a couple factors. One, we have world-class medical facilities here. We have the nation's largest medical school here. But we had a partnership between Penn State, Barron, Gannon, and uh, McGee Women's Center that real and the Community Foundation to, to develop some research components here. And I think that job creation number for life sciences over five years is about 400 jobs. I think the last I looked at, it's over 300 have been created already in life sciences since 2018. The, unfortunately, the area that we're lagging the most behind is, is in manufacturing. Um, and part of it's for the issues that we've talked before, people leaving the workforce or just, hey, I've got six years worth of orders, I just can't fill them. Um, so we still feel good about those targets and what industries uh, we're about. Terrific. Yeah, I mean uh... – uh, you know, uh, the high-value business services, um, uh, again, those are things, again, uh, that between AI and human uh, touch, I would think that we, we would ex- exceed in that. And I feel like uh, that the colleges are really helping, like Gannon's IHAC Center, you know, all the work that's going on at Barron. You know, we've got the new president at Mercyhurst, who I'm sure has some goals this way. Really, the, the meds and eds are going to be your friend in all of this, I would think. They are, and they already are doing a, a, a great job. I mean, we really have four new college presidents uh, in our community. You have um, Dr. Dell, who's now at Edinburgh University, Kathleen Getz at Mercyhurst, Chris Gray at um, Erie County Community College, and then um, the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College also got a new president. We've had conversations with all of them, trying to understand their direction, how they fit. You couldn't find a more cooperative uh, relationship. And of course, not to discount Keith Taylor or Ralph Ford, uh, who are still here, and they've always been great partners. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the the colleges have done so well is their beehive system between all of the um, uh, colleges. And they've expanded their footprint over 13 counties now, not just Erie County. Last couple minutes with James Grunke from the Chamber. Quality of place, advocacy, and sustainability. You know, this the, the K-12 uh, education comes in here, the airport, and so on. Any thoughts? So where we've spent a lot of our thinking the last year and where we are currently is – how much federal money has been dedicated for the recovery, whether it be the American uh, Rescue Plan, whether it be the CARES Act, whether it be the enhancements, how are we gonna maximize the dollars that came into our community? A little over $250 million. Well, how do we leverage that into another $750 million to really transform Erie? And so that's where we've been spending a lot of our time and quality of place is let's take this once in a lifetime transformational money and actually do it. And finally, uh, regional competitiveness and collaboration. Uh, we've got a, a new head of the county here. Um, uh, again, uh, Brenton Davis, Mr. Davis says, we're all about economic development. That's got to be music to your ears. Not that Kathy Dahlkemper was any slouch at that at all, right? I mean, right. And you know, we've had. A, I, I was fortunate to be a part of his transition team um, on economic development to t- say how we're thinking about it. You know, we don't really want a redesign of the system. It's like really make the system work for you. You know, we want our success to be the county's success and vice versa. We're not in it for us. We're in it for the community um and we our success is everybody's success 
Can we rely on the chamber of being, uh, uh, you know, a real uh, using the bully pulpit, if you will, for this broadband piece? I I swear that this is one of our biggest hangups, and we haven't even talked about it. And we're almost done, but we've got to get better connectivity. We do, and I th- I think particularly under my tenure, uh, I think we. Re- re- recognize our responsibility to be a bully pulpit on some of these important issues and to call, because we really don't have an agenda other than how to make Erie prosper, right? We're, we're not partisan. We're, we don't, we're not picking favorites. We want everybody to succeed. We need the EDDC to succeed. Their success will contribute to a vibrant downtown. We need, right? And so since we're somewhat neutral, well, we're not neutral, we're pro-business, pro-economy, um, but we're not saying this or that. We're advancing one agenda, which is prosperity. And and again, uh, uh, it's, it's like water. Having the internet is like having, having a, enough water to make it happen. It would be like, if you don't have a sewer line to your house or a water line or a power line, to us, broadband is exactly the same as that. Uh, absolutely. We're going to leave it there. James Grunke, he is the president and CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership. Again, thank you for coming on at the top of 2022. We'll keep up with you. It's always my pleasure to speak with you. Have a prosperous new year. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.